ready. Aim. Bullseye. This is Bullseye on Bulls Unlimited. Over the next hour, you'll hear from head football coach Alex Golish. We'll chat with a Bulls player. Sam Barrington catches up with a former member of the football team. And we'll step outside of football for an interview with a member of another South Florida sports team. Now, your Bullseye hosts, Kaylee Cottrell, B.J. Daniels, and Derek Sharp. Ready indeed for episode number nine of Bullseye. Derek, Kaylee, and B.J., you know who we are. We're going to talk a little bit about this past week before we look forward to a big day saluting to service get some seats for service for the return to raymond james stadium of the bulls against the temple owls first of all a lot of offense highest scoring game in bulls history kaylee you were there yeah is it the liberty bowl or liberty stadium uh, but the liberty place where the the bell was ringing a lot as far as the scoring went this past weekend right right yeah i mean really proud of the fight that our guys i mean they never lost confidence throughout the whole game you know to start the way they did and to have the confidence to just keep keep fighting and, and to keep swinging that's something you know they did really well and, and proud of but what a game byram had and what a game our o-line had you know it's one of those where you're looking at the course of the game uh, from my perspective i do the radio broadcast on bulls unlimited and you're just you know trying to make sure you're not missing anything and then you don't always just glance at the stats. Mm -hmm. uh, B.J. Daniels, Incredible. when's the last time you had five touchdowns and 100 rushing yards in a game? Man, five touchdowns probably in high school. Okay. Uh, you know, that's, that's a heck of a day for him as far as numbers is concerned. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Byron as well. Though I, I did hear in this press conference interview, you know, he wasn't too worried about, you know, the stats. And I, I respect as a quarterback. I mean, you could throw two touchdowns and an interception, but if you win, mm. it feels better to you, sure. you know. But uh, definitely impressed by him, you know, what he said and how, he, how, how he's performed as well. Former Seattle Seahawks, they were good at special teams and a big play in this game. When you fall behind two touchdowns early, and it's something we'll talk to Alex Golish about, uh, and to get the lead by the really early stages of the third quarter, usually it takes a turnover. This was different. It was a punt block, first time for the Bulls in quite a while. Yeah. Uh, that can lift the spirits of a team, huh? Absolutely. Uh, turnovers are extremely important, especially when you're behind or you're trying to win, and you always want to win the turnover battle, but as well as special teams. You know, when you could have a special teams play, it changes things so fast. Uh, so that was one of the uh, positives I can definitely say that helped us, uh, you know, hang in the game. Well, momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For One sure. The guys that had a big game, six tackles, career high, at least with the Bulls. Jonathan Ross is going to join us in a little bit, along with head coach Alex Golish. Always eagerly anticipate what Kaylee's been working on. I had a really fun feature this week. I did kind of a mashup of sports med, athletic training, nutrition. Wow. So talk to Connor Blake and talk to Scott Wood and Wow, it's it's so strategic and it's so methodical their process and the timing of things. You know, mm -hmm. like this meal is three hours before this meal, which is three hours to four hours before kickoff. So mm -hmm. once once they hit the field and warm up with Coach Geo, they're at you know peak activation, so they can be at peak <laughs> performance by Whoa. game time. I, I need to get on this plan, it man. blows my mind. So yeah. got the full spread, got some shots of the full spread Friday night in the pregame meal and. They're, they're eating well. So, yeah. yeah, they put it They put it down, too. That's a lot of food. Of course. A lot of food. I don't at know this, how to do it. At this point, I've had a, a coffee and a kind bar, and I guess that would not be... What's the opposite of peak activation? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what, right. What, what, before, she's talking about three hours before game mm -hmm. time. What in, in the pros? 
Uh, when did they leave you on your own? What, what was it more? Was it more structured or less structured? What was the food like? Yeah, the NFL is a lot, uh, a lot more on your own. Okay. Um, you know, they expect you to be a pro and be responsible for all the things that you need to do to get ready for a game. But I will say, in college, uh, you know, it was it was a blessing to always have something ready and available yeah. at any time, no matter what you needed. So, uh, the the thing is to not to overeat. You know, just kind of stay with your routine. Uh, and what you need to get yourself ready, because obviously a quarterback won't eat as much as a lineman, right. and a lineman Hopefully. won't eat, eat as much as a receiver. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 a lot of carb heavy to fuel the body, and yeah, yeah it was it was interesting, really interesting. Well, that's just coming up in a couple of minutes. Yeah. After that, we'll be joined by head coach Alex Golish, Jonathan Ross, who is a treat to talk to. You're going to get to see that. Amir Abdurrahim, like last week, he saw that Jose Fernandez came off a press conference, got to sit down here and enjoy the indoor performance facility. He's going to join us as well. And Sam Barrington always catches up to a former player, a recent former player, Meech Harris, who is the all-time startingest bull in history yeah. and has, now that he's out of football, been the all-time losingest guy. He's lost 60 pounds. Uh, yeah. That's wild. That's not a gu guarantee for an offensive lineman, is it? No, it's Because it can go in the other direction. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's interesting to see guys when they're done playing. Yeah. The skinny guys get bigger, the bigger guys get smaller. So uh, it, it's very interesting. Yeah. Boy, you guys are going to love it. That's all coming up on the program. So stay tuned for an hour of quality South Florida information and conversations and next the head coach Alex Golish, Derek Sharp here with BJ Daniels coach massive offensive numbers you know it wasn't so great on the other side but a lot of stuff that can be built upon then I'm, I'm sure a lot to correct after last week yeah a lot to correct um, you know I, I think the the starting slow part is um, is continuing to to make it really really hard to to do what you want to do in <laughs> terms of on both sides of the ball um, I feel like we've lived in that world the entire year. Um, so I, I really looked a lot at, man, are, are we doing something that is hindering us from, from coming out fast? And so we've continued to evolve practice and change that. I think that's a huge part of it. Um, I think the second part of it is, is our continued growth. There's, you, you look at that and you continue to see inconsistencies um, really on all three sides of the ball. I think a lot of that gets gets covered up by like you said offensively it felt like as as complete of a game as you can have well turn it over on the first drive right. you give up seven you turn it over in the end zone there's four, that's a 14 point swing that that you leave out there that you're giving up and so it looks it looks a certain way where maybe it's not I, I do think there's a lot of positive to build on um, certainly offensively with, with how Byron played, how our offensive line has continued to come together, um, the multitude of different guys we were able to get involved in, and guys on the perimeter stepping up in a big way and continue to improve. Um, I think defensively we're continuing to look at, at really both things, both scheme and, and personnel, which is why you've seen us juggle a bunch of different personnel around, uh, trying to find the right combination, putting them in the best positions to be successful. I, I do think, and this is what we talked about as a team, and you've gotten to know me well enough, the team certainly has every issue that comes up I hit head on. Mm -hmm. Like there's, no, there's nothing that lingers that you wonder where somebody stands on. And I think from, from, um, from an effort standpoint, a consistency standpoint, guys being in position to go be successful, but then 
having the ability to go just cut it loose at times, mm -hmm. and, and we lack that at times. Whether that's a personnel issue, a scheme issue, we're continuing to evaluate all of that, and certainly below the standard in terms of what we what we did, but I do think it's it's still a collective team loss to where offensively we got to find a, a way to score one more point than than they do and and we had opportunities at the end of the game we had two drives that we couldn't get jump started um, where we put the defense in in two terrible situations backed up and and one of them we got to stop the other one we didn't but you've got a chance to go and 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 make it a game again and um, and we certainly left it on the field that's why I say it, it's not coach talk or cliche that it truly is a complete team loss and we've got to continue to mature and grow up to where we're having a different conversation here. Coach, you talk about personnel and moving guys around and, and people stepping up. Uh, Kelly Joyner uh, kind of got a little more action than he's gotten this, this past season. Um, and he, he converted on a third down on the screen, and then he, he finishes that drive with a score. Can you kind of talk about what he's experiencing going through and um, you know what in that moment you know he really showed to take ownership of his responsibility, which was to get the first and then finish the drive off with a score. Yeah, it's really exciting to have Kelly back and, and Kelly back healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, we, Kelly, I give a bunch of credit to because he's been unselfish in a lot of ways. You know, we moved him to play the slot for us in the spring to continue to be able to install the offense and, and evaluate the quarterbacks and continue to build. And we came into fall camp and felt like he could give us a spark. We felt like we had a depth in the running back room, mm -hmm. even though we feel like he's one of our best running backs, had depth in the running back room and didn't have depth at receiver, and we felt like he can give us that. As we went and Sean and Naeem kind of have stepped into that slot role, mm -hmm. felt like, man, like maybe, maybe um, Kelly can give us more in the, in the backfield. What's helped him is that he has been able to learn the entirety of the offense, and now he settled in back at running back. Well, we go in UAB game, he gets gets banged up, and he misses a couple of weeks. It was right as he was starting to really come on as a back. Mm -hmm. So his season has been really, really up and down, both from us moving him and him being unselfish in that in every imaginable way. I, I give, again, Kelly a ton of credit, like the ultimate team guy in terms of, man, coach, where do you need me to help us win? To now him getting settled back back at running back, and it was cool to see him contribute. I think he's just going to continue to get settled in more and more and continue to, to grow because he does. He gives you a lot on the perimeter. He's certainly a really, really tough back. He's also a guy that can go take it the distance. He does have high-end speed, so he's different for us in that running back room than the rest of those guys, and we got to continue to get him involved in the offense. Absolutely. Of course, we always end up talking about Brimer at some point. I want to point out something he said after the game, and this is a game where it's not like he had short fields. You had seven legitimate touchdown drives in all of his numbers, and yet his response was, we should have scored more, we could have scored more. Uh, being hard on himself, but I'm sure you love to hear that kind of thing. Yeah, Byram is, is so easy to, to coach because it has everything to do with what's important. He keeps the main thing the main thing, which is his growth, his consistency, and him giving us a chance offensively to go score on every drive. Um, you know, I think when he says that, he's very, very honest about mm -hmm. it. You know, and I think a lot of these, I, I keep seeing stats and hearing stats and, and like, you talk about a guy that doesn't care about stats and only cares about wins and how he's leading and what his process looks like. Um, I think what makes Byron really, really special is because he does. It's all about process for him. It's about making the main thing the main thing. And, and for him, it's, it's 
what a quarterback should be. You worry about leading, you worry about your process, you worry about getting the ball in space to the right guys, making the right reads, fundamentally being right, and therefore leading to us having success on the field. Um, I think that's why guys look at him and they say, man, like, how can I be more like him? And this is a 19-year-old young man that you've watched him grow before our very eyes and just continue to improve and improve and improve. And um, I mean, you talk about a pleasure to coach. It, it, like When he walks by you as a coach, you, you, you take a, a breath and you're like, all right, man, like that's our quarterback, We're, we'll be fine. It's like confidence, it gives you real confidence. It's like when BJ walks by us in the office. It's like, that's my man right there. It's not like <laughs> you know, every time BJ walks by, I'm like, man, I really should go put something nice <laughs> to wear. Go underdressed for every occasion. Here, oh, come, man. here comes a big ask. Um, now, listen, I'm not going to ask you to talk about any play specifically. Uh, Byram got knocked out of bounds. I'll mention it. And then uh, the pick where there might have been a PI that you might have responded to on the field. But my question to you is when there are a series of plays that could have changed the outcome of the game without blaming the game outcome on those, do you go back and look at them and send them to the league? Do you have someone else do that? Or is it like, move on? Yeah, we, we get asked to evaluate every official in the game. And okay. then we we have the opportunity to go send plays that, that our director of officiating, who's done this for a really long time, back to the Big East days, um, is very honest with his feedback. And, and those guys get, get evaluated just like just like our players do. And so, no, you certainly send them in, you get feedback back, and a lot of that feedback is more so so you can coach your guys the right way in terms of, man, they're letting this go in the league, they're letting this go, hey, they're really keeping an eye on whatever, holding or defensive pass interference. What I found in this league is they, they will let you go play on the perimeter, which is, which is if it's being called both ways, you're, you're totally fine with it. And I do feel like it gets called both ways. And um, there are certainly a couple calls that, that you in a game where you feel like change the course of what the game is played like. And that's certainly not their intention. Um, and, and me on the sideline is more so, one, trying to get an explanation, or two, making sure our guys know that I got them and we're going we're gonna to try to get it right. And so as much as anything else, um, you just want consistency. You want the replay to get things right. You know, we had, a, we had a forward pass that was deemed a backward pass, put you in a second and 17 situation, which I thought was as tough as anything. Lesson learned from that is our communication from the box down. We were back and forth on what it looked like on the replay. Man, was it forward or was it not? If it's close, we need to go, go ahead and, and take the time out and review that to make sure that second and 17 on clock stoppage is a tough down to play where really it should be second and 10. At the same time, I'm gauging, man, it's a really close game. Do I want to take a timeout? And, and knowing you're probably going to need it at the end of the game. So it's constantly juggling it. But from an officiating standpoint, I think as, as good as any league I've ever been in, trying to give feedback back to coaches to get it right on the back end of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Saturday, we have a uh, 12 noon game. So first one of the year, um, you know, we talk, I know we mentioned about starting faster, better, staying on schedule. Um, you know, personally, I, had to, I found out within myself I needed to work out, I needed to get in the pool, I needed to do some things on my own just to get ready to get ready for the game. Is there anything that you um, maybe can allude to our players that they need to do or focus or anything you're changing uh, to get ready for Saturday being our first, you know, 12 noon game? Crazy, right? Week 10, first yeah. noon game <laughs> of the year. Um, 
you know what, we're, I, I'm so excited to play a noon game to actually get rid of a lot of stuff in the morning mm -hmm. of uh, some of the walkthrough stuff, some of the, mm -hmm. what feels like up and down to your hotel room and uh, get up, pregame meal, mm -hmm. let's get rocking and rolling. Uh, maybe maybe throw everybody in a, in a cold tank and <laughs> get them juiced up. No, we, you know, we we really have, even today at practice, put the ball down and go play and yeah. get it jump started right okay. at the beginning and you hope that the competitiveness of of who we're trying to build up to be when that when the ball gets put down you get a chance to go play right. man oh man and and what you're saying is dead on right and we talk about process so much and being a process driven team we're we're pushing guys to figure out what is your process man like mm -hmm. like what do you need to do to get ready i think it, that is very individual i think everybody's different right. and i think you see our immaturity as a team show up a lot mm -hmm. um it certainly at the beginning of games and that's part of growth part of maturing but yeah absolutely we're we're gonna get ourselves up and going, and and I'm excited to play a noon game. You know, I've been I lived half my life on Central Time, where you're playing <laughs> 11 o'clock games, and we're a morning practice team. So my hope is we we get up and we get going every morning. My hope is that that certainly helps us. Absolutely, outstanding. It's gonna be salute to service. That's gonna be cool. Uh, white uniforms with the American flag. Although I, I was gonna ask you, do you have anything in the fashion of black camo? And looking at your hat, man. Is salute to service. Specially made for you. I love it. Man, let's bring out the crowd. Are you looking forward to getting back home for once? I am. I'm excited. I love. I love uh, walking in, or running out hmm. uh, out of the locker room. And that student section's been incredible yeah. all year. They've shown up. They brought a ton of juice. I, I do think we've got a huge advantage when we're at that end of the field. Um, I love being at home. You're able to get recruits back on campus. I think that's so big for us as we continue to build. Um, we need a big crowd. We need. We need people to come out, and and show certainly. Our, our players the support that that you hope as a as a player you get but more than anything else create an environment where it's tough to play here and show our recruits and and the future of our program and like we're going to be here to support you and so i think it's huge for our fans to come out certainly not hard to do so noon saturday tampa go from there right to the beach and it should be a fun day. <laughs> you heard the man and we will not talk about next week's kickoff time, which is a whole different story. Hopefully we're telling you next week on Bullseye about a win this week. Thanks a lot, coach. Thank you. Go Bulls. Coming up next, Jonathan Ross joins us. High snap pulled down and here's McClellan and he will be dumped right near the line of scrimmage. That's Jonathan Ross been playing well on the defensive line for the Bulls last couple of weeks. This is your radio home for South Florida football. Bulls Unlimited, back to Bullseye. Derek Cayley now joined by Jonathan Ross, coming off a career high in tackles with six, and just a treat to have you here. Uh, first of all, number 10, very cool number. Yeah, You're yeah. almost getting to that many in tackles, by the way. i got to ask <laughs> you that. I love the defensive lineman going with the, the, the different numbers. Has 10 always been kind of one you've gravitated towards? Or yeah, what? that was pretty much my first number I ever wore in playing okay. football. So mm. um, it means a lot. And I had it at my old school as well, so okay. it's just something that 
sticks to me and I just, I represent 10, that's how I kind of feel. Wow, you're yeah. old school, we'll get into yeah. that in just a little bit. Yeah. Kaylee was at the game and noticed something about uh, your rooting section. Yeah, I noticed both your parents there yeah, at this yeah, past yeah, game. Yeah. I noticed your mom at UConn. Yeah, Do they yeah. go to every game? What is that yeah. support like? My mom, she's a, she's my number one supporter. So, I love that. Um, she's at every game, wow. every game. She does not miss a game. I always look for her every time I go out. So, Well, wait a second. First of all, shout them out by name, yep. your parents. Uh, Michelle and uh, Dwayne Ross. Okay, yeah. now Michelle, you just said it's at every game. Yeah. And if people are thinking, oh, is he from Florida? No, where's their home? Maryland, Maryland. She comes all the way from Maryland. That's incredible. Every game. She has not missed one. Home games included. Home games included, yeah. That really yeah. has got to mean a lot. Now, a little uh, inside story that I understand she may be coming down for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Get some mama's cooking for yeah, Thanksgiving before buffet. Charlotte. Yeah. All right, we I'm had, ready for the buffet, though. I'm ready for the <laughs> I buffet. want to hear about this buffet. We had Manny Hickman on, and he said that his mom makes the, the best steak and that she was going to be cooking for cheese, Thanksgiving. Mac all and that, cheese, yeah. Tell us what your buffet would be like, What's at least your what you expect. What's your menu? Uh, I love yams. Yams is my number. Uh, okay. And my mom makes like a fire sweet potato pie. Ooh, so yum. good, so good. I love it. I love it. I say collard greens, and then I don't know the meat. I'm not really much of a turkey guy, okay. but I'll say probably some kind of fried chicken or steak. I like steak. I love steak. I can eat that every day. All right, we're speaking yeah. the same language with the collard greens and mm -hmm. being in the sweet potato and the <laughs> yam family. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I do let's too. go back to Maryland. Uh, yeah, Bowie State is where you ended mm -hmm. up starting off your career. Tell people about how that experience maybe got you ready, that transition from high school to where you are now at D1. So, um, uh, starting off, I went to uh, Bowie State University. Um, it was more so, uh, it was a D2, small D2 HBCU. Um, I, I really was just looking for, when I transferred, I was just looking for somewhere I can really build myself more because um, I had a pretty good season there so then I just, just decided to, to bet on myself and uh, then USF they, they gave me a little call and I got the call and then I answered so um, <laughs> I just love it love being here I love being in the atmosphere I love just being in Tampa in general like it's just so different than Maryland so um Pretty good, by the way, 125 tackles in two seasons. Yeah. I'm not going to make you say your stats, <laughs> but uh, hey, a guy that has a great tie to South Florida yeah. is your position coach, KP. Yeah. Uh, what has it been like working with him? I love I love working with KP. Um, he, he brings the same energy every day. Yeah. Um, he, he expects greatness out of you no matter what, no matter who you are. Um, and I just I try to rise to occasion every time I, I get a chance. So um, I just love just how he coaches. Like, I just. I can't get enough. I go. Yeah, and and yeah. He's, he seems like he's got one speed, which is go, go. go. And you prefer that? Yeah, I love going. Love the attack. <laughs> I love. That's why I love defense. Like, yeah. <laughs> we love watching you play. Uh, yeah. I got to go back. Sorry, sidetrack to the make people hungry portion of the yeah, show. Yeah. Because Kaylee did the feature with yeah, nutrition I was with and nutrition, mm, sports med, athletic training this yeah. past weekend at Memphis. So I saw the full spread. Yeah, I love What's it. What's your go-to in the spread? Are you a little bit of sampling everything? Mm. Are you that whole pasta station? Me and me and Connor kind of have an understanding with the. I love I love fruit snacks. I love fruit <laughs> okay. snacks. Okay. But also like I love to get uh, rice krispie treat. You know, during the game as well. You know what? Yeah. KP, before what game? I think it was the Navy game. I saw him mm. in the tunnel and he was snacking on a little rice krispie yeah, treat. He said it. he needs a sugar rush. It's either right before the game or during halftime. He, he doesn't need a sugar rush, by the way. He always grabs a little sugar yeah, rush. Yeah, yeah, so. I love a sugar rush. Just yeah, real quick. I love rice krispie treats too, though. Wait, okay, wait a so I like it. Is it, is, now, was it Jason? 
let's tell people who his roommate is. Yeah. JV, yeah. Jason Bond. They told him, there's other kind of rice you like as well? Yeah, fried I, rice? I love fried, fried rice. rice. <laughs> I cook that every week. Every week. I'm a big it. fried rice guy. I, I can eat rice anytime. I was talking to him in my poor practice. I said, mm. we're interviewing Jay Ross. Is there anything you should know about him? Yeah. And he said, well, he loves R&B music. Yeah. He loves fried rice. Yeah. And he can he tries to sing every now and then so, is what we like is what that. we heard. So is that a little hidden talent this of yours? Just a little something something. I did uh, I was a, I was in like different musicals and stuff in high school. So okay. it was just something I, my my sister was a big there's like I think it's called thespian or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 so um she did that and I just decided, hey, my brother did, was we was in Greece together. Stuff like I that. I was Kaniki, he was um, Danny, yeah. so. Keep coming with the details, because you're like, oh, a little something, something on the side. Now it sounds like you were the lead. Yeah, 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 I was the lead. I'm very humble, so sometimes no, I just. No, that's okay, yeah. that's okay. All right, humbly speaking, yeah. what's the best song, like, if you had to just sing one song to impress somebody with your vocal talent? So you're not going to do it here. I'm not going to ask you to do that, but just, mm. what's your, do you have a go-to or anything like that? I'll say, I don't really have a go-to song. I'm mm. more so like a go-to person. I'll say uh, mm. Charlie Wilson. I like oh, yeah. Charlie Wilson. Nice. I'm kind of old school so kind of cool, guy. Right hey. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just a little bit. <laughs> hey, uh, Jason Bond, we love him now. Mm. We're talking about him giving you crap a little bit there, but yeah. he's a tremendous individual. And actually, I had a chance to see him before we taped this. And folks, he's probably going to be able to come back and play next year. Yeah, How yeah. cool is that? And what, what kind of a person he is? Mm -hmm. he is? He is a great person. He's, he's always looking to just improve. And I, I just love his, his mindset. Like, he's a great person to have around, especially being my roommate. I'm excited mm -hmm. for him to be my roommate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my guy. And uh, we kind of do the same thing on the field. Um, him a little bit more dropping back, but we just talk about different stuff. So he's just someone I can always count on. So I just love just being around him. And did it flip a little bit where he probably needed some support when he yeah, got hurt? Yeah. How did he handle that? Um, he handled it very well. And I, I, I supported yeah. him um, every, every step of the way. Yeah. Um, I just can't wait till he get healthy, get back out there, because he loves football. So I can't wait. He's a force, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he yep. is. Excellent. Well, as we wrap this up, uh, how forward are you guys looking back? to getting on the field against Temple. It's going to be a big crowd. It's yeah. Hall of Fame mm -hmm. weekend and salute to service. So how excited to be back. It's been a while since Raymond yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Um, last year they kind of got to us, but uh, I feel like this year is going to be definitely different. And I just, I'm ready to play. I'm ready to play. I feel like the guys are getting ready to play and we're going to give them a run for their money, so. All right, all okay. you got to do is just add to that uh, career total yeah, list, yeah. Uh, at least at South Florida. Thank you very much Can't for joining us here. Thank you so Thank much. You. Appreciate, Appreciate you. Bullseye. One of his former teammates, Meech Harris, next in our alumni video with Sam Barrington. Bulls back to the ground game, and this is Joyner. He's got an opening, and Joyner with a big gain into Temple territory. Kelly Joyner is going to join Mangum as a 100-yard rusher in this game. They found how to get it done behind their ground game. This offensive line has responded so well, and they're just a great group of guys. Cecil, Demetrius Harris, this would not be possible if it wasn't for that group of men. Bullseye continues on Bulls Unlimited. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Sam Barrington, and we're back with our special segment where we highlight an alum. And today we have one of the guys who probably has the most unique situation, has the record for all-time starts at the University of South Florida with a total number of 53, a record likely to never be broken by anybody as we look down the line. Demetrius Harris you look great, man. You look actually, you look like a skilled player now. You look like you're down a few pounds. I want to ask you about that. 
but tell me, what has life been like since you've left the University of South Florida? Yeah, so uh, it's been it's been a great transition. So I had a I had a little stint with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, went up there for the mini camp. Uh, you know, uh, you know the NFL stands for not for long. So I went up there too long, but it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a great experience. Uh, Pete Carroll was amazing. The whole coaching staff was amazing. Uh, first class, everything. Um, then you know just started working. Um, I'm currently working for Amazon right now, but I'm about to start uh, doing life insurance. So, you know, if anybody needs life insurance, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy for you. Um, yeah. You know, just, you know, just making that transition from, you know, uh, being a student athlete to the real world. So uh, learning, learning as I go, you know, a lot of things that you don't even think about um, on the everyday basis. It's like, man, you know, they take they took care of it for me. Now, you know, I got to take care of it for myself, you know, just, you know, learning on the fly. Um yeah. You know, and just uh, still learning, you know, still expanding, still trying to grow my mind, still trying to uh, become the best uh, version of myself that I can. That's amazing. Well, first of all, congratulations, because, like I said, you started 53 games at USF. And at the end of the day, you can still tell people, hey, I played in the NFL, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> they, they don't have to know how long you just tell them, hey, I'm an NFL alum, right? And you can Thanks. always wear that because you got to walk into that building. You got to experience the environment, and you deserve a pat on the back for that. Especially, sure. obviously, you and I, we share some kinship. We're both from Jacksonville, Florida. Not an easy place to make it out of. So no, it's, definitely good to, it's definitely good to see you make it on this side. I want to talk about a specific game. I don't have to tell you the game, but you know what game I'm talking about, right? Yeah. This game sure. where USF recorded so many rushing yards that they probably had to take and readjust the ticker because those yards were just driving up. <laughs> I can't remember who else, but talk about that game and what do you believe led to some of the success that you guys had on the ground that day? Yeah, so um, for everybody that doesn't know, he's talking about the USF versus Temple game back in 2021 where we broke the school rushing record, had over 400 yards rushing. Um, we always knew that we had – that the O-line was, you know, one of the strengths of our team. Um, and, you don't run for and you don't run for 400 yards by a running back or, you know, by a receiver, you know, just by yourself. You know, obviously the O-line, uh, we were doing our thing from Donald, myself, uh, Brad, Lump, and uh, and Big Trey, you know, and then even the guys that rotated in, uh, Blanchard, and uh, the other guys, you know, that we have, we felt like, you know, we could go eight, nine deep. Um, and, you know, just trusting everybody, having Coach Mo as our coach. Um, he, he coaching us so hard, but he loving us so hard. And um, when I ran through a brick wall for that, man, and still to this day, he, we, still yeah. we still communicate, we still talk. And we just knew, like, early in the game, we was like, man, we can run the ball and we just kept running it. We just kept running it. We just kept running it. And then you look up, it's like, oh, like we have 400 yards. And it's like the, the record, I, I don't remember what the previous record was, but we like, man, we about to go break it. Whatever it is, we about to go break it. Um, yeah. And then it makes it even sweeter when you get the dub with it, you know? So we had, we got the win with it and we broke the, the school record. So um, it, that was a great night for sure. What do you think led to the, your durability overall as a player? I mean, 53 starts, right? Yeah. yeah. 50 Three starts. I don't know if they were they were all consecutive, but when you talk about durability and how a lot of coaches say the best ability is availability, yeah. What was the key to that for you? Just being available. I mean, it, it is what it is. Like just being available. 
Um, I remember my freshman year, my true freshman year, I ended up registering. I had to get surgery yeah. on my I had to get surgery on my thumb. I had uh I had tore a ligament in my thumb and I was out for uh, about six weeks. I had I had tore it during uh training camp. You know, I was a freshman, so I didn't have any cash aid. I wasn't Meech at the time, you know, I was still Demetrius. Um I haven't heard I, I didn't earn any stripes yet. And I was just like, man, I'm not gonna let injuries uh hold me back, you know. So I, I took that I, uh, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. So I took that year. And looking back at it now, it did so much for me. I, you know, the game started to slow down. I got bigger, I got faster, I got stronger. In the moment, you know, I'm like, man, I know I can play. But looking back at it now, I'm glad I sat back and um uh, and let you know football happen. You know, uh, sometimes yeah. you don't know what you don't know. And so my high school coach had always told me, you know, you can't make the club in the tub. You know, basically, yeah. if you hurt, you can't play. And I'm yeah. like. Uh, football, you're never going to be 100. percent Never yeah. going to be. You're never going to be 100. percent So it's just like, how can I get my body uh, recovered faster than everybody else's? How can I, you know, you got to have a, a, a high pain tolerance. It's not like I was playing receiver and just running up and down the field. You know, I'm in the trenches. Sure. I'm hitting somebody every single play. So, so just having, you know, me uh, being physically fit, you know, being strong, being able to take the withstand it, but then also having a little bit of uh, pain tolerance, you got to have a high threshold for pain. Um, and then also, I just didn't want to let my guys down. I knew I knew the guy left to me. I knew the guy right to me. I knew he was going to push through it. So when everybody's pushing through it, it make you want to push through it too. Um, and then just the love for the game. I love playing. I didn't want to be on the sideline. I didn't care. I played through injuries. I played through foot injuries, ankles. Um, it seemed like every two to three games, something was wrong with me. But it's like, man, that's not going to hold me out. I'm still going to fight through, I'm still going to push through, I'm still going to go for the guy. So uh, just a, a little combination of everything, honestly. That's special, man. You talk about the success that USF had on offense during that game, so many rushing yards, and you see this offense now where it's like one game, they're putting up three, 400 yards of the rushing. The next game, they're putting up three, 400 yards of passing. Yeah. How do you feel about this current team? I see this big smile on your face. Is yeah. this the most optimistic you've been about USF football or what? Yeah, it's 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 exciting. Um, seeing you know from the outside looking in now, and a, a new coaching staff, you know, new players. So um, it's it's not like I know I I, know, I still know a few of the guys, but there was a lot of uh, change, a lot of you know, a lot of change. So um, just from the outside looking in, seeing Byron uh, going crazy. I mean, I'm a fan. Like, um, yeah. and we kind of saw it last year when I was playing with him. But yeah, uh, thank you guys for having me so much. Uh, it's a pleasure, it's an honor being here. I love the green and gold forever. And y'all have an amazing day. Go Bulls. Bodies all over the place. Hines throws it out to the top to Reed. They swing it around to Pryor. One-handed pass in the corner to Miguel. He loads up a triple. Yes! Great hustle by a bunch of different people wow. and results in a three. They shot well. They shot it well from deep. Overall, very, very pleasing effort and a, and a fun outing too. This is gonna be, I think, a fun team to follow. 94 to 49, the final score. Bulls shoot 52% from the floor. They hold Edward Waters to one for their last 12. You're listening to Bullseye on Bulls Unlimited.
Definitely getting used to this, getting joined by the basketball head coaches at the IPF. I know it's not where you used to be in Amir Abdul-Rahim, but not a bad little backdrop. Not a bad backdrop at all. You know, the, the facilities here at USF are, are, are second to none. I, I like coming over here. It gets me out of the office a little bit, so I don't <laughs> mind it at all. And it's a nice little walk on a day like it this. Is, hey, it is. your office where your team played, and I was yep. at, there at the exhibition game, and the regular season starts Thursday night. Yep. Not so bad either. I know you've seen the Yingling Center, you practiced in it, but how yeah. was it to be actually part of a game, albeit no, an exhibition? It, it was it was great. Um, I, I was really excited um, to be able to coach in, in the Yingling Center, but the way our guys performed, the way they played together, uh, shared the ball, 24 assists on 33 made baskets. Yes. Um, I was very pleased with the things we did offensively. And I want to talk about the players' performances. Yes. I was there, but let me, I got to say something about your performance. Okay. You were pretty cool. Uh, you had your arms kind of crossed the whole time, but inside, <laughs> during the huddles, the parts that we didn't see, yeah. are you a little bit more animated? <laughs> no, you know, I, I've grown in that area. If you would have saw me my first four years as a, as a head coach, I was a lot more animated, a lot more riled up. But, you know, having good assistants and players <laughs> that remind you that how you respond matters, you know, I've, I've learned to, you know, mellow out a little bit. Well, your guys responded great. Now, I don't know if we're going to expect 94 points every game, mm -hmm. but that's how many you scored in the exhibition. Yeah. And we uh, talked a lot about with the players how defense is drill, right. drill, drill. But when the offense is flowing, is that something that we can well, look forward to? The offense was a product of our defense, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, to get 94 points, that didn't all happen on offense. Uh, you know, defensively to hold a team to 49 points, uh, it says a lot about how your guys are connecting. What you know, what we're trying to drive home defensively. Now, you know, if we could average 94 points a game and, <laughs> and hold teams to 49 points a game, I, I like our chances this year. But um, more, more importantly than anything, we want to keep building on our defense because that's what's going to – it's going to be nights where you don't make shots. Sure. But if you're defending and defending at a high level, you know, that defense can get your offense going. And it gets you get going on the break, but yes. in the in the half court, you guys are able to use a variety of different shooters for three point shots. Right. Is that something that you can see within this team? Oh. Uh, that being spread out a little bit? Absolutely, I think that's the strength of our team. The strength of our team is to have we have probably six or seven guys that on any given night can get you somewhere between 15 and 20 points. Yeah. Now the challenge is to get them to. Uh, infuse those talents together, yes. right, to, to make it hard for us, to, you know, to be defended. And so they did a good job the other night. I thought, again, 24 assists on 33 made baskets. They were really unselfish. The ball found great ball energy. Ball energy. Go yes. ahead and explain that term. I've been, yeah. I've been learning about it. So, you know, you hear ball movement all the time. And I think when guys here move the, like, ball movement, they don't want to, it's like, oh, you don't want me to shoot. Well, when we talk about gotcha. ball energy, you know, as long as that ball is moving, we're going to find the best shot for the team. And that's what we talk about. It's like, hey, let the ball find energy. Once we have defense and rotation, mm -hmm. let it continue to find energy. Let's give up a good shot for a great shot. Let's give up an, a great shot for an elite shot. <laughs> and if we can do that, you know, again, we got enough guys on the court that are capable of making shots. They all work very hard, you know, outside of practice. And we just got to trust each other and believe in each other. There's that word elite that gets kicked around here, and I like it, yeah. by the way. Sam Hines, one of the few players that came back, and he spoke to me about ball energy. And, and, and it's really 
getting through to him. Yes. I know you like him. I know yeah. you like the guys that decided to come back. Absolutely. Selton Miguel had a fantastic game as did Corey Walker. Yes. So a lot of new bulls, but I think you're counting on those guys. Oh, absolutely. I mean, those three guys know this place better than, than any of us, and we're leaning on them to uh, teach us, you know, what they know about the University of South Florida while, while still allowing us to get our feet kind of under us and, yeah. and learn this place ourselves. But those three guys, I've said it before, they've been phenomenal. They hadn't, they hadn't fought anything. They've really uh, bought into what we're trying to do, and I think that's a testament to them. It's a testament to their parents, but it's a testament to uh, Coach Gregory, you know, who, who coached them before. You know, obviously he did a good job of, you know, helping, you know, mold them as men. One thing that Coach Gregory, you mentioned the past coach, and he was big on the traditions and the Charlie Bradleys and the Rodenko Dobrosses, guys that made it to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. The other Derek Sharp, by the way. Uh, <laughs> is that something where you're getting that sense from the community that they want to, to support the Bulls and keep going forward? Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I went to a, a small Division One school called Southeastern Louisiana. Uh, ironically, our colors were green and gold, so I'm, <laughs> I'm right at home um, with the green and gold on every day. But I think about you know being an alum, and I'm proud of where I went to school. I'm proud of where I played, and every school has guys that are proud of where they play. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Charlie and Redinko are right here, Chucky's up the road in Orlando, um, you know. Like I want these. This is their program. I'm just the, I'm just the, the flag carrier for a while, you know, hopefully for a long time. But I want them to be proud of, of where they played. I want them to have a team that reflects uh, the hard work and sacrifice that they put in to make South Florida the program that it that it is. And so, yeah, it, it, it means a ton to me that those guys are, feel a part of it, are a part of it, and and I need them to come back and share their stories, you know, with our current guys, you know, because you, you unless you know where you've been, mm. it's hard to know where you're going. Some great stuff as far as where they've been. Another alum, women's basketball team, yeah. Joey Williams, yeah. is a big part of your staff. I saw yeah. you with her at the women's game on Monday night. Yes. Tell people what she's meant to you. Man, Joy, I've known Joy almost 20 years now. When Joy was the head coach at Murray State for the women's team, I was a graduate assistant, and I got, to a chance, I got a chance to get to know Joy there. And Joy, she hates when I say this, and this is not to take away from anybody else, but I think she was my most important hire um, this offseason simply because, one, she has head coaching experience at a high level. Two, um, when once you sat in that chair, you know what a head coach goes through. That's true. And she's able to give me, she's able to hold me accountable. I welcome her to hold me accountable in the areas where I can be better for our group. Because just just because I'm the head coach, I'm not immune to being held accountable. And to have somebody, to have a number of people on staff that you can trust and you know have your best interest in mind goes a long way. And then on top of that, Derek, she's a USF alum. She's, you know, she's teaching us also about this place. You know, we were, we were walking somewhere. She goes, yeah, Amir, that's where I played. And I was like, oh, wow, really, you know? And so it was, it's really cool to have Joy, you know, a part of this journey because again, the last part that I think is unbelievably important is for our guys to see women in a position of leadership in a, in a, in a male environment, you know, and 
Joy, she can hold her own. I was gonna say, she yeah. looks like a leader. No, she, can, she is a leader, she can hold her own. As we wrap up here, and by the way, Coach is gonna be joining us when football season's over for more episodes of Bullseye, but you don't have to sell me, I'm gonna be there on Thursday night. I know it meant a lot to have a good energy, ball energy yeah. and otherwise, yeah. at Yingling Center, and get yeah. people out there on Thursday night against South Carolina State. Well, it's the, like, I look at it like this. Yeah, we're building a program, I'm, I'm building a program, or I shouldn't say building, we're rejuvenating a program, okay? And we're gonna do our part, but to rejuvenate a program, it takes everybody, guys, all right? It, it's gonna be a point in time where we cut down nets, where hmm. we chop those nets down in Yingling. And I'm gonna remember who was in there against South Carolina State, pumping, cheering us on, pumping us up. I know, I'm gonna know who was in that SoFlo rodeo, I'm gonna know you know, I, I remember every donor where they sit. I know Radinko sits on the on the court side right yes, here. He Charlie sits on the baseline right mm -hmm. here. I'm gonna remember like who was there. You know, not that I'm gonna keep receipts, but I'm gonna just remember who was there. Those are good receipts. Yeah. And we can't wait to see you guys Thursday night. Thank yep. you, Coach. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Best Absolutely. of luck. We'll wrap up Bullseye in just a little bit. You found the all-new South Florida Coaches Show on the radio, Bullseye on Bulls Unlimited. How about all that? We love bringing it to you. We want to thank all of our guests. As always, we don't take for granted the fact that we're able to get so much time with Coach Golish, and he's right there telling you what they're going through. Mentioned that they're trying to mix it up and practice just a little bit. I know that B.J. Daniels had a coach in the NFL you might have heard of named Pete Carroll, and they actually did some specific not just every now and then stuff for addressing that issue, right? Yeah, I mean, just starting off slow, um, trying to stay on track, you know, with first downs and what you're doing offensively and defensively. Um, we would do our best our best 11-on-11 11 11 is what we called it. So uh, we would start from the 20-yard line going at in. The beginning of at practice. the beginning of practice. Mm -hmm. I mean, as soon as we're done stretching, it's, uh, it's all-out war. It's defense can call any play they want. Offense can call any play they want. Uh, run the 20-yard line, the red zone going in, where it's the shortest part of the field and the most important. Mm -hmm. uh, but we would just get out after it. Defensive coordinators could, uh, you know, send Bobby Wagner on a blitz and, and uh, Russell Wilson or even I at times would have to just deal with that and adjust and figure out how to how to get going. And once that happened, I mean, the rest of practice, I mean, you, you, you already had your juices flowing. So nice. it woke you up in a, in a fast way. Well, obviously we're doing something here on purpose. Uh, we are talking about it a lot so that the Bulls jump out to like a 28-0 halftime layer. Mm -hmm. First quarter lead and just roll from there. That's what we're all hoping for. Uh, when we were able to talk to Amir Abdurrahim, we're again reminding you that Thursday night is the season opener. Kayla, I know you're like me, you're bopping around to every sport. Yeah. Uh, don't you love it that basketball is here and in full swing? I can't yeah. wait. I've been I've been waiting for this, you know, for weeks and I've gone to a couple practices and mm. they are they're they're putting in the work and, and coach is a toughie and um, <laughs> it's yeah, they're they're pounding it out. So it's been really fun to watch them grind and mm -hmm. prepare and I, I know they're ready and I can't wait to watch. And I know your office is just a few steps away from the Yingling Center. Uh, we, we don't take this building for granted. We don't take that building for granted. The, the court is beautiful this yeah, year. stunning new just, court. And, and, and everything. Uh, the, yeah, the, new the, concourse. The I just did a facility video, new little, from the ticket scanners to the concourse to new lights we have activation in-game. Mm -hmm. um, new court, obviously, in the Hardwood Club. and. 
paint, flooring, furniture, yeah. everything. Oh, yeah, the whole deal. It's amazing. So yeah. you can catch the vibe around here. There's a lot happening, and we love talking about it, too. Mm -hmm. Also, we know that uh, you're in and around the ticket area. Our offices are in the same general location, and they are able to, if you want to, it is salute to service, and you can actually buy seats for service for military members. 1-800-GO-BALLS, right? Yes, yeah. Phones absolutely. are always ringing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good deal. I mean, you have an opportunity to support, uh, you know, some families and salute the troops and, yeah. you know, you know, they don't get a chance to watch football as much as I'm sure they would love to. Right. Uh, and they also, you know, you have a chance to at least give them a token of your appreciation as well. So being able to buy tickets for service members to enjoy their games with their wives and children and things like that um, and husbands, I think that would be a great deal. And I know that as we're taping this, around six, 7,000 of those seats have already been sold. There's still more time if you want to mm -hmm. call 1-800-GO-BULLS for that. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Bulls. I want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Keep those horns up.